Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. With the release of the first 2020 census data several months ago, the total population of the United States on April 1, 2020, was 331.4 million, an increase of 22.7 million from 2010. The white population remains the largest race or ethnicity group in the United States, with 204.3 million people identifying as white alone and 235.4 million people identifying as white alone or in combination with another race group. The two or more races population, also referred to as the multiracial population, was measured at 33.8 million people in 2020. The sum of the race alone or in combination population at 49.9 million surpassed the black or African-American population, which was 46.9 million, as the second largest race alone or in combination group. The next largest racial populations were the Asian alone or in combination group with 24 million people, the American Indian and Alaska Native alone or in combination group with 9.7 million people, and the Native Hawaiian and other Pacific Islander alone or in combination group with 1.6 million people. In other words, let me break it down, as my grandfather would say. If I, if I talk like that at the dinner table with my grandfather, he would say, uh, excuse me, uh, Joseph. I said, but hey, Dad, hey, Daddy, that, that's, that's what they told us in sociology. That's what, he would say to me, put it where the goats can get it. And I would say to him, uh, Pops, the United States of America is quickly becoming a very diverse community. Wow. Let's go to the phones. Now, we may not be, some of us may not be around to, to see that, but this is what's happening. So your feelings about this news, because it because quite an, con- candidly, it will impact everything related to our culture. The culture. Now that word culture includes everything. I'm looking at the culture, food, history, science. Politics, religion, it's everything. Dress, speech, it's everything. Let's go to, uh, let's see, we'll start off in Oklahoma with Michael. You're on, Michael, go right ahead. Good morning, Mr. Madison. Um, Earlier when you were talking, you said, you know, people may have a fear of this new census data, Uh, maybe kind of misplaced. I have a little bit of fear just looking over the past decade. You know, you have the insurrection. You've got the Unite the Right rally. You know, all these Karens. um, White folk are already feeling that their way of life is already in danger, and, you know, it's getting mitigated. Um, So I feel that as this time goes on, I think that some some white folks, that behavior is going to get worse. Um, But I also have part of it's hope, too. Um, just because you know, with, with all those negative aspects that we saw that we saw over the past decade, with these you know the insurrection and the unite the right, you also had a lot of people standing up against that racism. Um, 
you know, and staying, you know, because a lot of people are saying this is, like you said, this isn't the America that you grew up in. That's right. The America that you built was based on deceit and subterfuge, whereas now you better you better get with the program or get the hell out of the way kind of thing. So I, that's my comments. Um, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, Billy from the state of Ohio. Go ahead, Billy. Hey, good morning, Joe and Team Madison. Um, I think uh, uh, Tucker, well, de, uh, de, uh, Dean, Dean, uh, Dean, 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 you know Dean's name, Ob- Obadiah, what his name is. He called him Tucker Klansman. I think he listened to you with a third ear and eye by going to Hungary to do something about mm-hmm. the slow white race birth. Also, I'd like to thank Ben Jealous for doing something, saying something, like you say, do something about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, getting, uh, getting the Biden, you know, getting the Biden administration. In other words, challenging the Biden administration to put in as much effort in in the voting right laws, or, or voting right bills that are now stuck in the Senate, and 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 he's and and in essence, he's he's challenging Biden. He's doing what King did with Johnson. I'm going to make you do it. You and and when they and so and and it's interesting. I'm I'm just waiting for the news to catch up with us, uh, Billy. A uh, hundred thousand plus signatures that were gathered by people for the American Way is nothing to sneeze at, and they dropped those off yesterday. And then he said, "Not on, and, and we're not going to stop there." So I I believe on the some he uh, Ben and we'll talk to Ben uh, in next hour. Um, ben said, "Look, we got we're going to plan an act of civil disobedience at the White House, and sometime later this month, and then again in September." So they're putting together a uh, a plan, and and they should, and the, you know, and I know that the Bidens have been focused, the Biden administration has been focused on the infrastructure bills. And it looks like we're going to get something. It's not going to be what everybody wants. But you know what, Billy? You may disagree with me. We can chew gum and walk at the same time. I do so, agree. And and, yeah. and remember, uh, when um, uh, Biden first got the presidency, yes. some black leaders went to talk to him. He kind of like talked down to him. Well, see, I, I, I'd have to have an example, but what? But he, but he can't afford. He, he can't afford to talk down to him now. Not Lord now. He, he not, like, not now. Well, I, let, I, let, you know. First of all, let, let's look. Let, let's understand. See, I, 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 if that's how you saw it, that's how you saw it. That, that, that's neither yeah. here nor there. The question is, what do, what, what do we need to do to make him do it? That's where we need to to focus. Let's go to Kevin from Maryland. Kevin, 38 after the hour, by the way. Go ahead, Kevin. Good morning, Joe. Long-time listener back to your WRC days. 
Wow. Um, I wanted to comment on the census. And the one thing okay. that stands out is for those of us who've been listening a long, long time, one one person that you've always talked about, Dr. Francis Chris Welsing. Yes. What we've been witnessing, I believe, is on two fronts, a raw grab for political power and a, and a particular group of people, as she put it, fighting for their genetic survival. So for me, hearing the census numbers, it validates everything we've ever been hearing on your show relative to why are things happening the way? Well, what mm-hmm. would you do if you felt like your race was literally disintegrating before your eyes? Now, that doesn't mean that's something we would do, but that is what they have been doing throughout, I don't know, the decades. And it's yes, a power it's struggle. It's even more now. It's Pardon? a power struggle. It, it is a absolutely. It, it's, it's a, a raw power grab. I mean, I want to tell you the one headline, and I, I I'll repeat it. The one headline that really needs to be examined in sociology classes uh, initially is this. Wait a minute, you're telling me that this. Wait, what's the headline again? Since 1790. That's correct. Whoa, that's correct. And, which, and by the way, it, which, which Kevin, I think, by the way, explains why the Jim Jordans of the world, the Fox absolutely. commentators of the world, you know where I'm They've going been with this. The numbers. Uh, well, our so, no, well, here's where I'm going. Are are raising holy hell about what's happening on the southern border? Oh, now they didn't have any problems with Russians coming in, right? Uh, and matter of fact, remember Trump during his campaigning and his president. Oh, we need more people from Norway. We need more people from Denmark. No, I I mean, that's not well. This is what he, we see, people need to be reminded of that. They don't have problems with those folks coming in. But, oh, well, the the browning of America, the browning of America has scared and pissed them off on a major scale. But they've got another problem, which isn't simply the mixing with races. They are not reproducing at the rate that they did previously. They have bingo with so many people waiting, and it's not and it's not a problem of people getting into the workforce. People are making a decision to not have children, and they have disproportionately not been reproducing and keeping their numbers up. I, and now Everyone let me let me is. hey Kevin Kevin slow down hold yes, on sir. one second yeah, I got you I'm listening. <laughs> Is that, and I'm going to, I'm just bringing this up as a question to to spur discussion. Mm-hmm. Is that one of the reasons that they may certainly be fighting against same-sex marriages? Absolutely. And the abortion question all these years. Yes. They've been seeing this coming all this time. Let me go to David. 41 after. Hold on, David. I'll come right back to you. Put David on hold. David's responding to the other headline, the good news headline. Major companies are now hiring, recruiting, and hiring more graduates from HBCUs than they ever have before, which speaks to the quality of education that HBCUs are delivering. We'll continue, 42 after.
Hey, hey, Andrew Sparr, president of the Florida Education Association, vice president of the American Federation of Teachers. Thank you so much for joining the Madison Show. Um, I think I read this morning, I may be wrong, but that uh, Governor DeSantis may be doing the moonwalk. (laughs) Uh, And I always (laughs) laugh. I, I always laugh about Michael Jackson. He gives the appearance he's moving forward when he's really sliding backwards. Uh, Am I wrong? Did I misread this story? Yeah, well, first of all, good morning, Joe, and thanks for having me. Uh, No, you did not misread that story. Uh, Governor DeSantis uh, came out with strong threats against school boards and superintendents who decided they were going to do everything within their power to keep our kids safe. Um, He threatened to withhold money from the school districts. Then he threatened to, to withhold the salaries of school board members and superintendents. And and yesterday he uh, acknowledged that he did not have the right to do any of that. Um, Ah. And so it was an idle threat. Wow. So and and, and by the way, he did it again. Correct me if I'm wrong. uh, It was a executive order. This is not this was not voted on by the state legislature. Yeah, he took a a dictatorial type of approach to this. Right. He wanted to to tell school boards and school districts that they have to uh, believe the way he believes it. And and also, interestingly, yesterday in his comments, he he actually said that uh, it was the school boards and and superintendents who are listening to medical professionals. They're listening to doctors and and those in the medical field and scientists. He he actually called them anti-science for listening to doctors and, and scientists. Wow. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I, you know, I shouldn't act like I'm surprised because that's what, the, you know, he's caught up in along with a bunch of other folks. And we get calls all the time with folks who have that mentality. And all they have is just, you know, a, a voice and and they try to use our platform, which is absolutely absurd. Now, so where do you go from here, uh, 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 Andrew? Where, where does your organization Uh, go from here? So what we've been advocating for uh, in the state of Florida is the ability for school districts and school boards to do what is best and right for kids. You know, teaching is a sacred trust. And we take that very seriously. Our members take it seriously. Teachers and educators uh, in the state of Florida and across the nation take it seriously. And, you know, as as a parent myself of of two girls, actually, I'm in D.C. right now because my oldest is uh, uh, starting her freshman year at Howard University. Oh, hey, um, well, you know, yeah. you have my sympathy because my <laughs> my daughter graduated from Howard. Great school. Matter of fact, I just I just did a story about where uh, major companies are now hiring uh, more students from HBCUs. So she, yeah. she so so she's going to bleed blue. And she, and she is. She is at the Mecca, yeah. and uh, we moved her in yesterday, as a matter of fact. Oh, okay. So it's great. And, and then my youngest daughter is Well, my sympathy grader, so. is the tuition's going to come to <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, I understand that. Go ahead. Sure. I'm just teasing. But no, yeah. that's okay. Right. So my youngest daughter is a, is a seventh grader and uh, starting school next week in Florida. And what I want as any parent is that my child, when she goes to school, is safe and healthy and getting the education uh, she deserves. And as educators, we kind of watch that every day uh, in our schools. We do everything within our power to ensure kids are getting the education 
education they deserve, regardless of race, background, and zip code, and they're getting it in a safe and secure and healthy environment. And so we want school boards and, and districts the ability to have the ability to actually fulfill that mission. And when you have a governor like we have in Florida with, with Governor DeSantis, who is literally saying, don't listen to the health experts, put that aside, and don't worry about whether we do mask mandates. He's actually withholding billions of dollars in federal money that was sent down to Florida for school districts. He's keeping it from the school districts, and that money can be used for air purifiers in the classroom, making sure we have masks and other PPE equipment, making sure that we're COVID testing and that we're contact tracing and, and all of that stuff we need to do to keep everyone safe. Uh, the governor is actually withholding that money from school districts. So he's not just talking about making it difficult for school districts to keep kids safe. He's actually taking actions that are really reprehensible because they keep uh, school districts from really doing everything within their power to keep every child safe when at school. One of the questions then I have, it's really a two-part question, what are you saying to the teachers? Because everybody's not 100% on board uh, with this. So what about those teachers who say, well, look, I'm not, I'm not going to get vaccinated. I don't want to wear a mask. I'm with the governor on that. And they're part of your association. That's number one. And uh, so let's start with that question. Uh, and, and, and then that's the other thing. What do, what is, is your, are your, are your lawyers, your legal counsel, do, are they planning some type of legal action? So uh, right now where legal action stands, it's coming from parents right now. Uh, there are several parents who have filed lawsuits, one in federal court because of students who um, have disabilities or other health risks. Um, and uh, them not being able to, to seek the accommodations that they need to keep their children safe. Uh, that is actually going to be getting a hearing, um, I believe, today, a preliminary hearing. Um, and then there's a second lawsuit that was filed by parents across the state um, in state court alleging that the governor actually doesn't have the authority to issue this executive order, which is saying there cannot be any mask mandates in the state of mm -hmm. Florida. So those are the two legal actions that exist right now. Our legal standing is limited uh, as we talk to our lawyers because although we're employers, or sorry, employees in school districts uh, and represent the employees in school districts, um, it really needs to come, quite honestly, it needs to come from school boards. Uh, but parents okay. do have some standing in terms of the ability to protect their own children. Um, and that's kind of the irony, I think, in all of this, right, because the governor has said uh, he doesn't want mask mandates because he wants to protect the rights of parents. Uh, but you have parents suing, saying, wait a minute, what about our rights? And, you know, I kind of relate this to, to smoking bans. You know, it was uh, smokers who used to say, hey, what about yeah. I have rights? You can't take away my rights. <laughs> right. People who yeah, don't smoke exactly. have the right not to smoke. <laughs> I, I, so, I, I, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, but I remember those old arguments when they were smoking ban in bars. And uh, they, remember the bar owners? Oh, you'll put us out of business if they if they can't smoke while they're drinking. They'll will they'll put that never happened. I remember never. those days, and 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 also the seatbelt and the helmet. This this is so deja vu, uh, uh, the, the argument. Um, finally, and thank I want to thank uh, Andrew Spar for for coming over. 
I was, hey, I was going to, let me ask you about um, this, what's happening as far as Florida is concerned we're about surging. Uh, is Florida still a hot spot? Yeah, Florida is still a major hotspot, and not just for adults, but for kids infected by COVID as well. Um, our hospitals are reporting the highest numbers in the nations in the number of um, adults and the number of children in hospitals, in intensive care units, and on ventilators. Um, and so that's quite concerning. Uh, we are leading the nation right now in the number of COVID cases. Our governor continues to have his head in the sand and and refuses to report the numbers um, on a very transparent basis and daily basis. Uh, he's only reporting them once a week and on a limited basis at that. And so, mm. you know, in order to really know what's going on, you're counting on reports that are coming out of hospitals. We've actually lost them well over 10 educators in the last couple of weeks in the state of Florida to COVID, um, although uh, we have about 82% of our members who are vaccinated, um, you know, there's still mm -hmm. a, a number who aren't, and we're doing everything within our power to work with school districts and with the health department and others to make sure that everyone gets vaccinated, including our educators, uh, because we see a huge difference between uh, those who are vaccinated and those who aren't. In fact, 90% or more of the of those in hospitals with COVID right now are those who are unvaccinated. And um, an even larger percent are those uh, in um, ICU units, on ventilators, or unfortunately those who are dying. And mm -hmm. so uh, we know the vaccine has a positive impact. We hear that from the medical community. We see it in the data. And so we feel as educators, as a union, we have an important role to make sure that, that people are getting vaccinated. Well, you got your governor to, as I say, do the moonwalk. Um, and... Uh... Uh, he he's <clears throat> he he tries to look forward, but he's sliding back, and that's because of your membership and folks standing up, and and that's what some time it takes. I'm I'm gonna leave one suggestion as a, a former parent of of an alum from Howard University. Uh, when you're moving your daughter into her dormitory room, uh -huh. it's too late now. I guess you've already done it, right? Um, yeah, we moved her in yesterday, but we're still in uh, town. <laughs> here, here's a here's a tip: get the football players to move, help you. Um, <laughs> you yeah. he doesn't understand what yeah, I'm saying. It, it was a little different, I think, because of the COVID protocols this year. Oh, that's right. That's right. Else. I but, I uh, remember when my when my daughter moved in, all the you know the the football players that were usually on campus before. But they'd all be around the girls' dorm. Oh, you know, well, you know, and they'd be watching. And I would say, well, hey, brothers, uh, how would you like to help me move uh, <laughs> the luggage in? I, I, yeah, it would have been, uh, in some respects, I guess that's a good thing. In other respects, maybe not so much. But, well, uh, you know, it saves your back. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm laughing. It, 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 I appreciate it. I hope she has a good a, a great experience at Howard. It's a good school, as you probably know. And uh, I thank you. And let us stay in touch, uh, Andrew, because uh, you guys are, are are moving in the right direction. We're going to get through this. I know we are. Appreciate it. And 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 a safe trip back to uh, Florida. 
Thank you, Joe, and thanks for having me. Have a great day. Okay. Karen from Tennessee, first-time caller. Go ahead, first-time caller, Karen, Tennessee. Hey. Oh, by the way. Hey, Joe. Uh, real quick, hold on a second. Real quick, just made an announcement out of Tennessee. There are no more hospital beds. And that's from the hospitals. They just announced no more hospital beds because of this surge. I'm sorry, Karen. Go ahead. That's all right, Joe. Thank you so much for taking my call. I've been listening to you from the WOL days back with the Kathy Hughes Morning Show. So it's a blessing to be on your show. Thank you. I wanted to talk about this military weaponry in our police forces. I've been fighting against this for years because what it does is creates a warlike mindset when they're out in our communities. And when you have a warlike mindset, you're, you're like shoot to kill. You know, yep. take no prisoners. It's this whole mission accomplishment thing that, that happens when you in war. Now, I'm a 21-year uh, Army veteran, and, and, and I've seen what it is to be, you know, at a field exercise, and you are practicing and training, you know, for war. Mm-hmm. And so this yeah. equipment that has infiltrated our police force, our, our police force across this country is creating this mindset. And yep. that's what we're dealing with. I remember a police officer here in Memphis saying something like, oh, it's like little Iraq out here. What does that mean, little yes. Iraq? Yes. When you, you're moving from a, from a serve and protect mindset, and we have got to get this, this weapons out of our police force. I, I also serve as a uh, state representative here, and I had a bill years ago to to you know get these weapons out and 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 i mean i was fought from every end Mm -hmm. my bill didn't pass but it did not stop me from still trying to fight to get this stuff out of our police force it changes the mindset of the police officer yeah yeah and see hank johnson is working on the federal end he's saying whoa 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 first of all uh uh-uh you folks don't need to be offering and by the way they get it free that's they the don't other even, thing if I'm not mistaken, I don't think they pay for it or it's surplus. They don't. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. The problem, thank you, Joe. The problem, I'm glad you mentioned that because the problem is when we had the bill before finance, uh, you had the police association saying, well, this is, you know, going to impact our funding at the local level. You know, we don't have to pay for these weapons and we can use that money to do other things. And that goes back to your point about the budget. What is in that budget? That's right. So What's in the budget? That, that, it, that, if I, you are right. You know, and, and I'm and, and by the way, keep pushing it because things change. I will. Yeah, don't don't things stop change. and get in. And by the way, get in touch with Hank Johnson's office and maybe he can he can help you. He can come and testify. Yeah, he can help me. OK, I, yeah, I, that, I've that's right. Now, and yeah, you, let now. him come and testify. Absolutely. Thank you. God, you never know who's listening to The Madison Show. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.